0: Welcome to SAS Open Mic by ChartMogul. I'm Ed Shelley. Hey, guess what? We're back. SAS Open Mic took a small break towards the tail end of 2016, but we're back now for a new season with fresh ideas and guests to bring you. We hope you've had a restful holiday season and like us are back with a burning desire to learn and build great things in 2017 and beyond. But before we dive into everything new for this year, I wanted to share with you a discussion that happened a couple of months back when Webflow founder Bryant Chu dropped by the ChartMogul office to chat with Annie and myself. Webflow is a fascinating product in the SaaS space not only because they're revolutionizing the toolset for designing and building websites, but also because it's commonly associated to a trend in the SaaS industry towards consolidation of software. I wanted to probe a bit more on this topic and also understand Bryant's approach to building, marketing and selling a product that targets multiple user personas. So without further ado, here's Annie and myself talking to Bryant Chu of Webflow.
1: Welcome.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Uh, It's not your first time in Berlin, though. You've been been Uh,
2: a few times, right? It's not my first time. I was here as a kid. It was very different. Um, Also, remember it being very dark and gloomy. And then, uh, so yeah, this this marks the third time I'm I'm in Berlin. Mm -hmm. So my California bones are definitely uh, not used to the chilly humidity (laughs) here. You know, there's, like, a
0: point after the summer when, like, it's like somebody just, like, flicks a switch, and then you get to this, like, gray, cold, (laughs) wet uh, weather
2: that pretty much lasts throughout the winter.
1: Yeah, it came all at once.
2: Yeah. I definitely experienced that last weekend when I woke up, and the window was open, and I was... Like shivering, so <laughs> <laughs> definitely that switch has been flipped. Yeah.
0: Cool. So I I would love to uh, talk about uh, I guess your background a little bit and how how you got into what you're doing now, which is Webflow. Yeah. Um. Maybe we should just explain first. What can you explain what Webflow
2: is? For sure. So Webflow is a professional web design uh, tool that uh, also allows you to publish websites. So you can think of it as the next generation uh, Photoshop meets WordPress. So it enables professional designers, uh, entrepreneurs, marketers to build responsive websites and push it live with a click of a button. So um, freelancer freelance web designers use it, agencies use it, uh, large companies also use it um, to produce anything for the web. Mm.
0: It's uh, one of the things that's really interesting to me there is that you're, you're building a product which has so many different users. Mm. Is, yeah. is that, are there a lot of, I would imagine there's a lot of challenges to that when it comes to both like designing it, but also uh, marketing it and, and selling
2: it. Yeah, absolutely, spot on. So when we started Webflow, we were mainly solving the use case for ourselves, right? So in Y Combinator, they always say, make something people want. Well, we were really motivated by making something that we ourselves want, like something, a tool that existed that um, mirrored or put together design and development in the same interface. So when we launched the first version of the product, uh, we were mainly building it for web professionals, most, most likely freelancers, um, that hated working with developers or never felt like completely comfortable um, like giving away half of their income so that their designs could be implemented so that their clients uh, would be happy. So we took this concept of design and development in the same interface and we put it out there. And what we realized was that it wasn't just these freelance web professionals that uh, saw value in Webflow. We soon started seeing agencies sign up. We soon started seeing huge companies sign up. And I guess it's pretty obvious now that we look at it when we see that developers are a a scarce resource. And on the flip side, designers haven't necessarily been given tools that empower them to build for the web. They've been given tools like Sketch, Photoshop, that are great at what they do, which is mocking up something really quickly, but then it stops there. right? And mm-hmm. So there's like this invisible wall almost between what a designer is capable of and what an end product looks like. Mm-hmm. So everything about Webflow is about empowering visual designers with the abilities of a developer. And when we look beyond the freelancer freelance web designer use case, we just saw so many different use cases around prototyping, around content design, around even simple things like blogging. So then we took, um, our core product and we started building around it. All right. So what are the things that agencies really need? They need collaboration. Okay. So we built, um, the ability for multiple people to edit um, Webflow sites. And then we took a look at uh, the prototyping use case. It was like, okay, cool. There's a lot of enterprises that are, or large companies that are using Webflow to mock up um, their next product, dashboard, whatever it is. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's, let's produce some content that fits their use cases. The hardest thing by far is uh, coming up with a singular marketing message mm. for our use case, right? Or for all of these use cases. So we've gone through probably 10 or 15 variations on our on our homepage's uh, H1 copy because we just can't figure out yeah. like exactly how to encapsulate this power that solves the, the problems of so many different people. And what we've kind of ended up with is the all-in-one design platform, which is kind of a cop-out, right? <laughs> like, we're using like all-in-one here. It's like, hey, everyone, you know, this is for you. But um, the, the focus now of our marketing team is to not just... Speak directly to different personas, but really let our product speak for itself. So now um, we're working on a new version of our website that will highlight the powerful aspects of Webflow that are applicable to all different roles and functions of a company. So it's not just the designer, not just the content editor, not just the webmaster, but now we're, we're showing all of our features in a light where each one of those personas understand the value of Webflow.
1: Mm. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like people are becoming a little bit exhausted with the like sheer like volume of tools available for people to get their, get their work done, whether it's in uh, marketing or design or, or even development. And um, this notion of kind of a rise of all-in-one, like end-to-end SaaS products or the the consolidation of SaaS, as some people refer to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this something that, did you guys go into Webflow with an awareness for this or was it really just kind of, you wanted to build something for yourselves and therefore you, you built what made sense at that time?
2: Yeah, so I would say Webflow's consolidation angle was actually a byproduct of the consolidation that we tried to put in place between design and development as like, as like disciplines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's definitely a consolidation in SaaS that's going on, but where we saw the biggest opportunity was with this invisible wall that I talked about between design and development, where literally designers that didn't know how to code would be stopped dead in their tracks. So we built this product that enabled them to do both. And I think as a byproduct, Webflow is this consolidation of a prototyping tool, in addition to a web publishing tool, right? So we've taken like, what is, we've taken a look at the problems of the everyday designer and we're like, okay, designers are designing in a box inside sketch and photoshop well unfortunately when you're designing on the web the web is this incredibly fluid interface this web is an incredibly dynamic medium and there's so many different aspects of the web that are not able to be captured inside of a sketch or photoshop psd right so the consolidation that we've done is we've taken the aspects or the problems that designers have and taking a look at the broader problems that they or or the broader uh, obstacles that they're that they encounter today, which is like they're not able to push something to production. They're always reliant on a developer. So I think from that angle like Webflow has kind of fallen into this consolidation of SaaS discussion because what Webflow really is is it's a design tool and it's this hosting platform, right? Mm -hmm. So we've built a product that kind of solves these problems that you talked about uh, and along the way we've seen that we've incorporated so many different features that makes it look like Webflow has has consolidated all these products into one. When in fact, we've just taken the angle of solving the most important problems for mm. our customers. Yeah, and I guess it just so happens that the problem
0: you're solving uh, or the solution incorporates all of those things, right? It incorporates the hosting, the CMS, and, and everything else. Yep. And if you focus on it from a, from a kind of jobs to be done or like problem-oriented approach, um, it doesn't matter what, what kind of lies underneath that. If you're solving that core cool problem, then, then you're, you're building a product that people want. Exactly,
2: exactly. Like for example, um, there's a company called uh, Rush Order Tees and it's a t-shirt company and they have like hundreds of t-shirts on their website. And before Webflow, it was like this homegrown solution where they had a team of developers they had a team of designers, and they had a team of, team of like ops engineers to make sure the website was up. We've taken those three disciplines for this one company and we've like given them one product to use that does all three. So for example, designers will design pages on their website. Engineers will supplement it with custom code, which you can add in Webflow. And then they'll also host it with us, which means that like these three disparate functions have now consolidated into around one product that makes their process a lot more seamless. So I think they're running something like a thirty million dollar a year business on, on a webflow site, which is incredible to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the t-shirt
2: industry always surprises me
0: with its uh, kind of. crazy volume. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, was it, um, was it always obvious to you that it should be a subscription, uh, like software as a service product?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because um, <clears throat> I would say a big aspect or the number one pushback that we get from professional designers is like, oh, uh, I'm not gonna use it because it's a SaaS product. <laughs> it's hosted, I wanna be able to download it. Yeah. And I wanna be able to like own it, I wanna be able to work offline, et cetera. Uh, So there's several different aspects of being a SaaS product that is actually a lot more beneficial for our end customers. So the first aspect is you're creating for the web, right? So the fact that our tool is built inside of the browser means that you have a direct relationship and a direct connection to the medium that you're designing for, which is the web browser. Mm -hmm. So when you're using Webflow, what you're actually doing is that you're visually developing, right? So all the things that you are uh, dragging onto the canvas and all the style uh, attributes that we give you, you're actually writing HTML and CSS. And in order for that HTML and CSS to be represented, um, it needs to be in a browser's context. Mm -hmm. So from a pure product standpoint, Webflow being uh, hosted in the cloud and you're using Webflow in the cloud, like that is part of the product. Like you're using Webflow and it's part of the browser and the benefits that it affords you, make sure that the end product that you're building in Webflow is, is built for the web. So for more from a, like a business angle, um, so Webflow is a product that has, you know, a lot of engineers working every single day on Brand new features, and we're pushing out subtle performance improvements, uh, large features, small features on a weekly basis. So, in order for us to push the platform to the next level, um, we feel like the monthly subscription or annual prepaid model uh, fits the way we want to build the product. Um, for example, I I work. Uh, early on in my software engineering days, I worked at a American company called Intuit that made uh, QuickBooks. Yep. Right, so it took this um, accounting system that was incredibly archaic and it made it simple. And it was a it was an annual product where changes were introduced at most like or at at the very least three hundred ish days away from each other so you had to buy the next version of quickbooks if you wanted the latest greatest features but unfortunately like tax codes change more often than a year so customers were saddled with this manual process of after the after them filing their taxes for example or or completing their books they had to go in and make micro adjustments because the software wasn't up to date and that's even more uh, of an issue when you're building for the web. Like web standards are changing all the time. Browsers, browser updates are changing the way web pages are laid out all the time. So Webflow actually takes the hard work of making sure your website works, not just on all these mobile devices, tablets, and laptops, but also making sure it works the best on all the browsers that are out there. So you're literally talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of different variations of your website that Webflow is helping you support, and that's a very ongoing sort of uh, value that our customers are getting from us, which, which falls in line with our subscription model. Mm. Yeah.
1: To take a step back, I do have one question about that theme of the consolidation of SaaS that's going on um, outside of... Webflow as a tool, because in my due diligence for this conversation, I did check your <laughs> Twitter feed, um, and I yeah. saw a recent tweet that intrigued me. Um, you oh, no. said, <laughs> <laughs> "You said no. uh, consolidation is the new capitalism," <laughs> um, and it ended with "Long live the American dream." So I just love to get your perspective oh, on boy. this this larger yeah. uh, absolutely. Trend.
2: Um, so this is definitely not specific to SaaS so I want to preface everything that I say with that cool (laughs) Um, so that tweet was prompted when I participated in a product hunt conversation uh, about a new product that uh, was, was posted on product hunt and it was Amazon's move into the photo printing space and which was recent, right? This Which was, was very awesome. recent. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, I, I left a comment on Product Hunt, and it was it was similar along the lines of big companies are getting bigger and they're encroaching on startups' ability to break through the bu- bubble and create a meaningful impact on society because so many startups are getting created left and right, and even if one has some sort of value or some sort of breakthrough, they immediately get swallowed up by a large tech company. And this is so threatening to capitalism in several different ways. So the first way is large companies, buying up small companies means that these small companies never get to a point of even challenging Google or Amazon, right? Say they come up with a breakthrough technology and the, the vast majority of the value that these companies get, are creating um, are now being siloed inside of large companies. So This creates problems because it makes it a lot harder for other companies to develop similar technologies if they're getting the backing of large companies. But also, consumers are also hurting because I'm not able to invest in this startup's eventual IPO. Which means that the vast majority of the value that this startup is creating does not get passed to the American public or the international finance community, right? And like this concept of like companies getting created and then they go public is has, has had so many dramatic effects on the broader economy, right? So, the public being able to invest in these companies, these companies getting the investment that they need to go to the next level. That's just kind of what fuels American capitalism. So then when we see this trend, especially in the past eight years of large tech companies buying up startups, it's it's making it that much more difficult for the trickle down effect to happen, right? So it's like large sources of wealth gobbling up new innovations, which prevents new startups uh, from competing, which also prevents the broader public from getting the benefits of the, of, of said innovations.
1: Wealth distribution. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of what I meant in the tweet. Interesting. Um, wow. <laughs> which is like not SaaS related at all, but it was it was mainly uh, derived from me just observing companies like Google buying. a API dot AI mm-hmm. and like Amazon releasing uh, uh, products and features that drastically undercut the the other startups that are out there that are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. like Amazon doing deliveries, which is hurting companies like DoorDash. This is competitive uh, angle. So just like uh, the, te- the the stronger gets stronger and the weak getting continually. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. More difficult to to sustain. Mm. Yeah, there's another part of that I
0: think, which uh, it's it seems fairly commonplace uh, today in, in Germany at least and other parts of Europe. We have a lot of like large uh, businesses, perhaps not even technical uh, technology businesses, but you know media, huge uh, media conglomerates and things, creating their own uh, incubators or starting their own kind of. Um, incubation programs where they kind of bring in young innovation and, and they, I guess they see it as a way into that space but I think that also contributes to the same effect actually in that um, it's very easy for those guys to, to throw money at like small mm-hmm. um, kind of innovative startups and and with the view of you know potentially absorbing them further down the line it's, it's difficult to know how you uh, uh, compete with that at all, or, or at least kind of mitigate some of the like, symptoms of that.
1: Yeah, and that's a question that our CEO, Nick, um, just raised. He wrote a piece about the SaaS gold rush, and everyone's wondering, is the gold rush over, and can anyone still strike it rich anymore? Um, and something he... Uh, the point he raises is that there's st- still plenty of opportunity in SaaS to innovate and new markets to kind of tap into but the question really is is who's going to own those markets and that opportunity is it going to be startups that are getting seed funded today or is it going to be the legacy SaaS and incumbents that are already big and already dominate markets who have these global marketing teams and the development teams to mm-hmm. to move faster and take yep. take over yeah so yeah i guess it's just a question yeah. that kind of...
2: That's definitely it goes back to the consolidation of SaaS mm-hmm. discussion, right? Because with, like, these large behemoths like Salesforce um, picking up companies left and right, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting what happens in the next two years, maybe, to see, like, if these large tech companies go on an acquisition spree, especially as valuations of companies start to taper off. Mm-hmm. Because we're no longer in 2013 where, like, you're seeing like crazy multiples on companies even with very very little revenue Mm -hmm. um get picked up for like 300 400 billion Mm dollars so um it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see how these companies transition into into the next age and specifically for webflow i i actually don't really think about any of that at all because our singular focus at the company is creating value for our customers Mm -hmm. and um, we don't think about you know we never ever even have a discussion about acquisition or like an exit or anything because the only thing that we the founders and all of our employees are focused on is creating the best possible product and changing and empowering the way designers work. And if companies that are out there have this singular mission, then, it be, then all of this becomes just like white noise, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting uh, discussion point in, uh, in, in terms of like where the industry is going. But I think for all the SaaS founders that are out there, I think if you're focusing on your, your one Point of differentiation and your one unit of value that you're creating for your customers, then it's very, very easy to just ignore all the other discussions that are happening and just focus on what you're doing. And that typically has the best uh, ROI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that applies in a lot of
0: uh, parts of, of not only SaaS but other businesses. It, it, sometimes, a lot of the time, just makes sense to, to get your head down and, and Especially in, in a, like a recurring revenue-based business where your focus needs to be on ongoing value for your yep. for your customers yep. uh, If you're not delivering that you're, you're not going to succeed in the first place. So, yep. Yeah, exactly Cool, Brian. It's been really cool to uh, To chat to you. Where, where can people find uh, more out about Webflow or perhaps if you're hiring uh, feel free to yeah to uh,
2: promote that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, People can check out Webflow at webflow.com, and uh, on the website that's currently being redesigned, um, you'd be able to find all of our open positions. Uh, So we're hiring across uh, front-end engineering, which uh, is all React-based. We're hiring generalists. So for those that uh, like to use Node.js, Mongo, um, and we're also hiring uh, designers as well as product managers so kind of all across the board so if if there are people out there that are interested in our mission of empowering designers to create for the web uh, definitely reach out and uh, happy to discuss uh, further with you yeah cool I
0: have one more tiny question yeah <laughs> do you design the Webflow fly- site in Webflow
2: Yes, absolutely, <laughs> not, not just our marketing side, but so many other of our properties are built and designed in Webflow. So all of our landing pages, um, if you go to webflow.com templates, which is our template marketplace, one designer designed, built, and launched that entire template marketplace with our CMS all in Webflow in a matter of a few weeks. So that kind of just shows uh, the sort of level of power that uh, we can give uh, designers out there. Cool. Super cool. Thanks so much. It's been great to chat. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Don't forget, you can subscribe to SaaS Open Mic on iTunes, SoundCloud, or using the podcast app you normally use every day. And you can also find more from ChartMogul at blog.chartmogul.com, including SaaS resources, free downloads, and reading on your favorite topics. See you next time.